Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Without College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler, and today I have an unbelievable special treat for you. I just had the opportunity to speak with the legend, John McAfee. Uh, if you're not familiar with all the details of John's background, go to Google, go to YouTube, educate yourself. Uh, and if you are, you know exactly how awesome this is, and I don't want to delay any further. So please enjoy this conversation with John McAfee. Let's do this. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining us today. It's truly an honor to have you on the show. Well, Jesus, it's an honor that uh, you've asked me uh, on your show, uh, given, given our age differences uh, and cultural differences. And so I am indeed honored. Uh, I just want to make sure you have the right McAfee. There are many of them there. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you're the right one. I'm, I'm sure there's duplicates, but uh, I'm hoping I'm with the real John McAfee here. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of the age difference, so, so we started chatting before we start, officially started here, and you're curious, why do us younger people always want to get you to, to talk to us? And for uh, someone like me, uh, I think it's because you've seen a lot. You've seen the growth and development of technology from a perspective that I can never understand. I was merely an infant when the internet was uh, launching. So uh, seeing the trends and forces go into effect and seeing where things are, are today, I want to know from you, you know, what, what technology on the horizon, what, what excites you? What do you see as, as uh, you know, the challenges facing us or the opportunities that people may be missing right now? And we can take those things apart one by one, but, uh, you know, it's to learn from your experience, learn from what you've seen. Let, let's start by making just a quick uh, run through my technological history. Now, I was, I was 12 years old when the first electronic computer at MIT was built. Um, I was 21 when my first job in computing at General Electric was in process automation, the most magical uh, of all computer disciplines. Now, back then, we didn't have uh, keyboards. We didn't have computer screens. No, uh, We had switches on the front fucking panel. We didn't have assembler language, let alone higher-level language. No, we threw switches on the front of the panel and pressed enter. Next instruction in machine, fucking code. Now, from that humble beginning, at the dawn of the age of computer science, I have seen things grow with such rapidity and suddenness that uh, you people wouldn't believe. Now, let me give you an example. Uh, Microsoft and Bill Gates, uh, Bill, one of the more powerful men, uh, put it you know, lightly on this planet, and Microsoft still a major power. 
Do you know why it was Microsoft and Bill Gates? I know these stories well. So IBM sensing after the the Apple thing that, well, there's some big shit coming down the pike and we have to get into personal computers, right? So IBM is one of the greatest builder of mechanical and electronic devices on the planet. But good God almighty, their their software engineers come from illiterate forest dwellers in Tierra del Fuego, to put it mildly. So, uh, So they could not get the software together in time. They knew that. So there were two companies at that time that ran on the 8086 Intel's chip. Am I running out of time? No, no we got all the time in the world, man. Okay. There were only two companies that had um, operating systems that ran on Intel's 8086, I guess, but, uh, I think so, chip. So that is what IBM built their computer around. Intel's 8086, IBM didn't build that goddamn chip. No, it was Intel's. They just bought it. What a great coup. But the software, it was going to take them a year to put that shit together. There were two companies, one in San Diego, called the... <laughs> okay, we started with Bill Gates first. At the well, you can't remember that other company because Bill Gates, Yeah, I can, right? I can. It, well, it, was, um, uh, it was called... I don't mean you, digital, you. I mean what? like... No, digital research. Digital, fuck, look it up, people. Digital research in in San Diego, had a system um, called DOS. Up north, Bill Gates had the same name system, but based on an entirely different functional architecture, much faster, by the way. (coughs) IBM, since digital research, had been around for years, and they had... 50 or 60 employees, and Bill Gates was just himself sitting in a goddamn bedroom in Seattle. So they did what they had to do, went first to uh, digital research for DDoS. That was it, DDoS. No, that wasn't DDoS. Who calling those? Anyway, um, I'm getting that confused with attacks on networks, but my brain is <laughs> old, folks. So no. Don't worry about it. So Don't they worry. went first to digital research on a Friday. Um, it was one of these sudden things. You got to talk to us. I'm sorry, time is critical. We're IBM. Yes, so they talked to him. Uh, he said he'd have to get his lawyers involved and would not be able to get back to them until the lawyers had worked through this contract. Thing. <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. Flew up, and Bill Gates agreed to meet them on a fucking Saturday. They presented him the same thing, which is, we're going to give you Jack shit really in terms of money i would know a few thousand dollars to cover your expenses however <laughs> you will be the operating system for ibm and since we have an open architecture you know that every company in the world will need this operating system and bill goes fuck yes i don't need the lawyer involved in give me the goddamn contract signed it on the spot did that make Bill the smartest man in the world? No, it just made him the luckiest man in the world. And those of you out there trying to build companies in the crypto space based on any kind of blockchain, computer security, 
And if you think you have a plan to create a product and get rich, <laughs> it will not happen ever. Businesses are created by men and women with the courage to grab an opportunity, knowing it may change your life, lose your wife, make you poor, but you grab it because you see, well, I can't think of anything better to do with my life right now. And that's what creates success. Me, McAfee, anti-fire, she think I sat around, well, let's see what I, no. The world's first computer virus came out in 1987. What the fuck? I never heard the word. Nobody had heard the word built by two brothers in Lahore, Pakistan, 1987 called the Pakistani brain and was a boot sector virus that as soon as you boot it up, everything in your goddamn system disappeared. So that's some scary shit for people. And it replicated. It refused to destroy the system until it had infected at least one and hopefully many more floppy disks, which will be inserted in another computer. It was a fucking virus. It was alive. It was trying to live and spread. I go, God damn, I want to hire those people. Those bright <laughs> motherfuckers. No, seriously. Yes, Just for sure. Think, think of the jump in conceptual understanding of software to say, let's put life into it. Meaning, let's make sure it fucking survives. That's where the word virus comes from. You get a cold, your friend gets a cold. The virus survives. You may survive the cold. Most of the time you will. But the virus can't ever be stopped. That was the ultimate goal of virus writers, to create that perfect virus. That once in your system, nothing ever will kill it. No antivirus software, nothing, until it has replicated into two other fucking computers. Unbelievable. And the question that, that you need to ask yourself, if I were at your age and didn't know the truth, would not the question be, did anyone actually write that perfect virus because if they did <laughs> we would not know we would only see the effects of this thing the stuff around us turning to shit money the social interactions the power and surveillance of governments do you see what would happen if that thing ever became a reality and you know how trivial it would be for two or three men. Women, I'm not excluding you. There are few of you here, by the way, in this field. Why aren't you not here? Anyway, I, I digress. Two or three extraordinarily bright minds. Understanding software to the degree that when computer viruses first appeared, they saw that as the true beginning of AI. An entity with one purpose only, to survive.
to survive. And since it began in 1987, and I wrote my first antivirus program because I saw what the fuck was coming. Since then, it has been one of these things of leapfrogging each other, those trying to fuck with the world in a bad way, and those trying just to get along. And sometimes those trying to get along land for months, sometimes years. I said something in 2008. People ask, do you use anti McAfee antivirus? I go, no. What do you use? Nothing. Why? Because it does not matter what you use, people. It does not matter any fucking more. And I'm not saying this on behalf of McAfee antivirus software in order to make the software cheaper. I'm saying it because I've said it for 12 years as the most grave problem that we have today. So, so place us with, with the technology of, you know, blockchain ah. and, and Bitcoin. Where does that fall in your timeline Whoa. as far as okay, what that, changes? Whoa, that I mean, that's okay. So we're, in, we're, we're, we're fast talking about the stone ages. Okay. So <laughs> we need to pass through the industrial age. Let's assume we did. And on now, fuck me. We're, we're in what 2006 for fuck's sake in my life. That's seriously recent history, right? Not yet, not yet understandable because we do not have the perspective and years necessary to understand it. That's how, in my life, how recent that shit is. So, yeah. So the first time I heard about it was in, uh, in 2008. I went to um, Belize. Why? I couldn't stop building fucking businesses, and I wanted to retire in a place that had sun and sand. Had my own sailboats, <coughs> two or three compounds, some in the jungle, some on the beach. Whatever. Well, that, that fucking thing didn't last. Um, but before it ended, uh, a guy named James Zaromsky, who had worked for me, good God, many times. I think starting at McAfee, brilliant programmer, came down and said, I need to talk to you. He showed me the white paper, the Bitcoin white paper. Yeah, I'm I'm a math person. Um, majored in mathematics, degree in mathematics, and anything that interests me is really mathematics. So I read the white paper. Going, oh, damn! If this is not some clever shit, um, my brain first goes to, man, this can seriously be applied to computer security. Absolutely. But that's not what interested me. What interested me was the Bitcoin aspect of money that nobody controls. And I'm not saying Bitcoin is Bitcoin, his money, nobody controls. But there are blockchains out there that nobody controls, people. Do you know what that means? That means that the most powerful force that governments have to make you do things is money. The economy. I mean, without the U.S. dollar, which they can choose to either take from you or not allow you to have, you can't pay the rent, 
buy food from your family, buy clothes. You can't do anything. You're under the thumb of that entity or those entities that control and truly own your money. But what if we didn't have that? You know, what if we had, and Bitcoin is not the answer, people. Please, God, don't think I'm, no, cryptocurrency is. Bitcoin's not. It's an old, sad, tired, tragic technology beloved by all as it should be and let it happily do its thing. It's not going to be a player in the cryptocurrency world. We know this. Um, who will be? Well, I mean, smart contracts. <laughs> Any chain that supports an ability to actually create. Look, we created the McAfee decks on smart contracts. Think of that power. Something, I'm sorry, you know, if, if they do capture me and go, shut that distributed exchange down, I go, how the fuck can I? It's yeah. smart contracts on the blockchain, people. Do you understand? I'm powerless. Everybody's powerless to ever change that. Good God. See what you've got. See what's in your hands, people. I mean, you've been given the golden key to unlock the cage that you've been living in. And what are you doing with it? Scratching your fucking butts with it by using cryptocurrency as a means to trade, to buy, to sell, to make money. Have you lost your fucking minds? Stop that. See what power is truly there. I mean, if not, I will reach through this screen and grab you all by the fucking throats until you wake up. Stop using this as a means to get rich. Get rich yeah. after you have unlocked the door to your fucking cage. Then get as rich as you want. Until then... <laughs> Who gives a shit? How much money can you shove into that tiny corner of your fucking cage, people? So I, stop. I couldn't I'm agree sorry. more. I couldn't agree more. And and this is really why you know we we talk, we started off with what why do people young people like me want to talk to people like you? And this uh, is uh, precisely uh, the reason uh, because you know you have the perspective to be able to see that. And from what I've seen, I've had a few other you know, people on the show to talk about blockchain, Bitcoin, and all that stuff. And it's amazing technology. I think what people are not seeing is, is the key to the cage. And yes, fuck what, me, what people, I, how simple is it? What, what, I, what I noticed is, is that, you know, like historically speaking, there's always, there's these opportunities that pop up and there's opportunities for each generation to sort of grasp these things. And it seems like for my generation in particular, what I believe is that it's our, it's essentially our duty, our mission, our goal to, be able to utilize the technology to unlock the cage, not just for ourselves, but for every generation beyond us. Yes, everything after us, people. Do you see that fucking beauty? If we put it on the chain as a collective consensus of people, yeah. then good God, do you realize who cares who has power? <laughs> Can you unlock the chain? No, we can't. You can't do shit. You're just a human being like everybody. Good God, wake up. 
as I said, if I were able to put my arm through this screen, I would grab you by the shirt collar and shake you until you at least acknowledged that you have a problem. Certainly. I'm sorry. I mean, this old men, uh, uh, this old men get off on these rants, right? <laughs> well, well, it's a problem I that I, I think you're, you're spot on with. I mean, like I call it the three generation problem, you know, basically where one generation learns the lesson and every preceding generation loses the, the message or the meaning of that lesson. By yeah, it's half. strange it's like how that fucking awful. works, but I think you're right. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not trying to create a science out of geriatrics, but yet yeah, it's, it's true. It's what seems to happen. There's cycles. Why. There's a natural cycle of things. And, <laughs> and, you know, you can see that like a common example today is, you know, the attitude towards socialism. People change their mind and change their ideas because they haven't really seen the consequences. Like young people today don't see the, the damaging effects that it had in the last century. Yes, yes, yes. Things yes. like that. Yes, exactly. We're missing and, it. <laughs> and the way I see it is, you know, you see some things throughout history that have sort of uh, persisted or lasted through that cycle. Like one of my favorites and similar to uh, blockchain where blockchain and, and, you know, cryptocurrencies are these software architectures, you know, in the old world, there was, you know, building a uh, real physical architecture. You look at the Pantheon, for instance, it only take one generation to build that thing. And it's still here today. We can't tear it down. Uh, it's, it's something that has persisted. You know, it's essentially like if you were to build a blockchain a thousand, 2000 years ago, whatever. Uh, and nowadays we have this opportunity in front of us to build something that could persist into the future through the three generational problem of people forgetting the lessons of today in the world that we live in today. So how do we, how do you mobilize people to understand the, uh, the opportunity in front of us? Okay. It's like any other problem. You have to wake people up. And in the crypto world, what does that mean? It means you've got to wake up from this narrow, almost demonic, but you know, um, narrowness of cryptocurrency as a means for a store of value, to make money, to invest. You've got to stop that. Until that happens, you can't see what you're looking at. Do you understand? It's kind of like, you know, you're, you just got out of federal prison after 30 years. And, and every woman you see, you are convinced is the woman of your dreams with everything, right? Doesn't matter how fucking ugly you are. Um, you got to foresee that, oh, my God, here's the truth. What am I doing? I mean, I can get any woman in the world. It's probably the biggest skank I've ever seen. That's all the same fucking thing with crypto. You are belittling both your intellect and, and cryptocurrency as a whole by seeing it <coughs> as an opportunity to make money. Yeah, Which is short-term money. It's short-term. Yes, short-term in most cases. Uh, yeah, I've got no sympathy for you. What, what do you think? You've got the golden key. Why don't you take cryptocurrency? Let's take some examples. Monero. I don't care what fucking job you have. If you can't peddle yourself as a talent to someone who will pay you in Monero, then you're just a stupid person and should get out of crypto. Um, and... Once you are getting paid, if you can't, listen, you can buy cars. You can buy houses with Monero. 
nothing that you can't buy that you have to have, like food. You can get it delivered if you get it in bulk. Or a goddamn refrigerator with it, which you can do. I mean, please use your heads. <coughs> Become part of the revolution, the revolution of the mind, people, because it is happening, and I live with and work with people who do not touch in any way, shape, or form, fiat currencies. And we are thriving artists, developers, marketeers, and we don't do anything that's not crypto. Now, <laughs> problem is you can't go into a coffee shop and just randomly buy a fucking cup of coffee. Well, is that such a terrible fucking sacrifice, people? I think is it's it worth it. Hundred percent. Do do you have you considered other possibilities of the use of you know cryptocurrency or the blockchain technology or smart contracts in other institutions besides money that might you know popularize the idea even more potentially government voting anything like that? Okay. Well, <laughs> interesting you said government voting. I'm coming out with a product next week. Um, that's a blockchain based polling slash voting system. Now, we don't have the back end in place where we physically check people's license number. No, no, no. But we've got the meats. We have the architecture. We've got the entire works except for that. Validate this person. Give me a fingerprint. I'm sorry. We're getting back into areas that I myself don't like. But if we are to be one thing, one people, one love, one government, one us, we must at least submit to acknowledging our unique fucking existence to others. And that acknowledgement, you know, I don't know how to do it. I don't know math major. I don't know how to do it other than with, well then, give me a fucking ID. What's your handle? If it's unique enough, good. I don't give a shit. But once that is you, that is always you in every one of your acts which you choose or do not choose to make public. Now, is that such a horrible thing for us to have to swallow people? Is it? I, I think if it's, if it's for everyone, then there's no, you know, then it's, it's a good thing. If, if it's you're for doing everyone fingerprints, and it's all, it doesn't mean yeah. that you're monitored. It means that in your official transactions, those things that we call legal, like contracts, I'm going to buy this house for this much money and pay X amount on this fucking date. That stuff, yes. You must acknowledge who you are if you choose to do those things. Doesn't mean you can't live off crib and say, fuck you people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you neither my ID nor anything else. Okay, well, that's great. You don't get to play them. All right, shoot the deer, do what you can to survive. You'll probably do fine, right? Um, yeah, so it doesn't mean we're all, oh, fuck, you want to play the game? Or do you not want to play the game? And few of you now want to play the fucking game, which is the only real 
goddamn game in your existence before. Come play with us for fuck's sake. And yes. we're now out of time. I'm so sorry. Not a problem, John. Do you, uh, you know, it's been, it's been an honor. I, I could ask you questions all day. Do you have any last words or requests or anything that you want to leave off with the guy, the audience? Yeah. Uh, some advice to you young kids do only what you love and nothing else. I don't mean just in business. I mean, in every moment of your life, you know who you are and what you want. And if what you want conflicts with the wants of those around you, good God, do not conform nor compromise. Move the fuck on and find those with which your true self has no or at least fewer conflicts. That's the only advice I can give you and the only advice you ever need in your life because if you follow that simple little formula, <laughs> the world will open up for you in ways you could not possibly imagine. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. I, I truly appreciate it. I hope you can help my generation build the architecture <laughs> of the future, man. We're all in this together. All right. Thank Thanks, you. brother. Thank Have you very much. All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed. I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please Help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.